This season, prepare for every season with the Allbirds Mizzle Collection. These shoes were made for adventures in rain, shine, mist, or snow. Go to allbirds.com and use code FRESHSOCKS for a free pair of socks with purchase. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Harvest Christian Center. I'm Dr. Foreman, and you're getting ready to hear an incredible message from God's Word. If this message speaks to you in a supernatural way like we believe it will, be sure to let us know at our website, harvestcc.me. If you're led to sow into the ministry of Harvest Christian Center, you can do so as well by visiting our website. Get ready to prepare your heart, mind, and spirit to receive this incredible Word that God has for you today. Remember, love God, love people, and love life. Let's go into the message already in progress. Hallelujah. Listen, how many of you all, you went out this week and you got a decision this week? Wave at me. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to talk a little bit at the end of the experience, give you an opportunity to share just how easy it was uh, in order to, to populate heaven and depopulate hell. Amen. Would you stand on your feet and let's lift our Bibles out. We're going to make our confession of faith together so that we can get in this word today, our brand new series, Spiritual Gifts. Amen. Let's say it together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the word. I am a doer of the word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message that I am about to receive. Remain standing. We're going to look at a very short passage of Scripture. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Don't forget, if you're on the Twitter, you can tweet me, at Bishop Foreman. If you're on the Facebook, you can Facebook us. And uh, for those of you that like YouTube, I was on YouTube the other day. They got a lot of stuff on YouTube. No, I mean, you know, it's YouTube, and you think, oh, it's YouTube. But I said, my God, you can learn how to do brain surgery on YouTube. You can learn how to <laughs> fix a vacuum cleaner on YouTube. You can learn how to make shoes on YouTube. I mean, yeah, okay. We're on YouTube. And don't forget, too, you can text us if you text the word Harvest uh, to 59769. It's in your communique. Uh, you can connect with us that way. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, you got it? Brand new series today called Spiritual Gifts on the tailwind of the series Ghost. One verse, it says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren. Brethren, just a, uh, a, an old style English way of saying brothers and them. <laughs> Look at the neighbor and say, that's talking about you. This is the Apostle Paul talking. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, man, brethren, and them. I don't want you to be ignorant. Father, so today, we're not going to be ignorant. 
as we start this new series of spiritual gifts, Father, I pray that you would not only help those that are here in this series to discover their spiritual gifts, but show them how to use and maximize their spiritual gifts. Father, you have a plan and they're part of that plan. You want to use them. They were created to do more than just serve their own self-interest. They were created to do more than just serve their own self-interest. You've gifted them so that they can serve others. So after this series, we refuse to be ignorant about spiritual gifts so that we can move and walk in those things that you've ordained for our lives. And it is so in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. As you take your seats, watch this. I want you to introduce the message today. As you take your seats, just look at somebody and say, what are you going to do with your life? You can be seated. Uh, Each week in this series, there's going to be a gift for you. Uh, The name of the series is Spiritual Gifts. And obviously, we're going to be really covering your spiritual gifts. uh, But we're also going to endeavor each week in this series to have an actual gift for you. I don't know about you, but I like getting gifts. I'm not necessarily a fan of surprises, but I am a fan of gifts. Amen. Uh, So there's a small token from you that uh, from one of our partners uh, with our community events that was on your seat when you arrived. Uh, And for those of you coming off the fast, it might be a a nice, warm welcome. Street for you. Amen. But today's big gift, say the big gift. You you know, one of the shows I love, uh, used to love to watch was uh, Oprah's favorite things. Um, Now, you can love Oprah, hate Oprah, whatever. That's not what we're talking about. What I'm talking about is I love seeing what happens when you do something for someone they can't repay you. And when Oprah's Oprah's, uh, favorite thing, she would literally, she would take this audience full of people that they would decide, her producers would decide, are well-deserving people, and, uh, and they would give them gifts. And, I mean, they would be the, all of her favorite things. And so these people would walk away. I remember one year they gave them cars, and, and uh, they'd given houses and things before. But there's another show that I like called Undercover Boss. Anybody ever seen Undercover Boss? I love it. Every time I watch Undercover Boss, and don't y'all say nothing about what I'm getting ready to say, all right? Uh, But every time I watch the end part of Undercover Boss, I'm in tears. uh, Anybody else in tears? It's okay, fellas. You you, you know you be trying to keep it in like you know you don't want to just bust out crying. It's all right. Keith Sweat taught us it's all right to cry everywhere else in a while. Amen. Okay. So, but watch this. Watch this. I, I love when I get to the end. So, you know, they're going through the whole thing, and then they get to the end. And then they do for these people who are making, you know, $7, $8, $6, whatever. And then the guy says, I'm going to give you $15,000 to do this, or I'm going to send you on vacation. And these people are just, uh, they're just in awe of the gift that they've received. And then I was watching the other day. I watched like three episodes back to back. It was like a marathon. It was wonderful. And I had that in my trail mix and my banana. Y'all not saying nothing. It was wonderful. And, and I was just in tears at the end because I said, they're doing for people things that they'll never have the ability to repay them. And the, the joy that you get when you give someone a gift. See, the problem is most of us that give, and I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about your neighbor because your neighbor's your spiritual. Most of us that give, we don't really give gifts. We give loans because we want them to repay us. What are you saying? No, Bishop, I said I gave it to them. No, but you hold it over their head. So then what you've actually done is you've loaned them something because you, you, you're not hearing what I'm saying. A gift means it's a gift. I'm not interested in you repaying me the gift. I'm just interested in you using the gift. 
So when they give gifts, these, these CEOs, these corporate CEOs, these people, they're just, they're just so excited and so thrilled about it. So today, I have a big gift for you. I have a big gift for you. Uh, but, but, but watch this, because some of you are thinking somebody's going to walk in on the stage. They might. Uh, but watch this. Watch this. Today's big gift for you, watch this, is the knowledge of oneself. Somebody say, Bishop, I know who I am. Well, I want to check the record because if you're not using how you're gifted, then you don't know who you are. Because if you knew who you are, you knew what you have and you use what you have. Today's big gift for you is the knowledge of yourself. When you discover how you're gifted, you discover you. Did you hear what I just said? When you discover how you're gifted, you discover you. Say today. I'm going to be introduced to, to say your name. You're going to meet that person today. Now, 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 now again, I know what some of you are thinking, Bishop, that's, that's, you know, come on, Bishop, I know who I am. I'm 53 years old. You know, the sad part is, is, is that sometimes people who are convinced that they know something are sometimes the people that know the least. Okay, okay, okay. Say today. My gift is the knowledge of myself. It is the greatest gift that one can give to an individual because it is a gift that will pay off in dividends in your life because you will stop doing things because they're there and you'll start doing things that you were created to do. Every opportunity that presents itself to you is not an opportunity you're supposed to maximize, capitalize, nor uh, act upon because it's not necessarily something you were created to do. And when people are doing things that they were not created to do, they're being abnormally used. Abnormally used in our English language, we came up with a shortened version called abuse. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, now, now watch this. Whether you know this or not, you are gifted and talented. Uh, but watch this. God wants to use your spiritual gifts to help change the lives of others. And in this series, we're going to show you how to clearly identify, use, and maximize your gifts in every sphere of life. The gifts aren't just to be used inside of the church. You were given the gifts so that they could transcend the walls of the church. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? But the use starts here. Somebody say it starts here. More importantly, you're going to learn how to use your gift to change the lives of others. Say others. Now, I know for some folks that's almost like saying a cuss word in church because, because most times when we think of things, we're thinking of self-centered things. Lord, what are you going to do for me? Lord, how are you going to bless me? Lord, when do I get to do this? Lord, when do I? When do I? And, and I'm getting a bit ahead of myself, but we're going to look at this because if you're self-centered, I'm here to tell you that you've been where you're going in life. I'm going to say it again because it's so simple you may have missed what the principle was. If you're self-centered in life, you have been where you're going, which means you're going in circles. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, watch this. Say, God has a plan, and I'm part of that plan. God wants to use me. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, Bishop, but I've got this issue. I've got this problem. I've been locked up. I've got this. I've been divorced. I've been this. I've got this. i got this. The doctor says this, 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 this. None of that matters because the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. Bishop, what does that mean? God says he hasn't changed his mind just because you got into a little trouble. He hasn't changed his mind just because you took some errors and some detours. He hasn't changed his mind about you. Touch your neighbor. Say, God has not changed his mind about you. 
Now, now uh, one of the big conundrums, that just means a real tough problem for many people, is the question that's the title of today's teaching. What am I going to do with my life? Now, you may ask it a different way, but the, the underlying question is still the same. What am I going to do with my life? And, and, and kids, um, when you were a kid, you may have said something like this. Uh, when I grow up, I want to be a firefighter, doctor. I heard police. Some of y'all couldn't be the police because you've been running from them all your life. So <laughs> they'd be like, finally, come on, we've been trying. I, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. You're offended. Grow up. Policeman, lawyer, doctor, cheerleader. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good. They got a show about cheerleaders. That's good. What else? What else is something you said? When I grow up, I want to be a what? A, a teacher, a broadcast. So you want, to, you want to be an anchor or a reporter? Anchors make more money. Mortician? Wow. That is definitely a calling. <laughs> There's a special grace necessary for that. What else? What else? A singer, an actress. Listen, when you were a kid, and maybe even today, you still say to yourself, when I grow up, I want to be a blank, whatever the blank is. And the truth is, is normally what we fill in the blank with is something associated with some type of job or something that we perceive to be something that's going to bring us fame. So we look on TV and, and we say, you know what, this, this, this is bringing, this, this person looks exciting. This person, look at all the stars. Look at all the, look at all the people that are going to see so-and-so sing. Look at all the people that are going to watch so-and-so uh, uh, play, play this particular sport. And some of you might be wondering, Bishop, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Why aren't you in a jersey? Because who in the world wants to see the two teams that are playing play? I'm just saying, IJS, I am so not going to be watching the Super Bowl this year. I already got other plans. <laughs> you, 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 you may have had different things. You may have had different things that you said uh, that, uh, that you wanted to be. And it normally was associated with something that you thought would make you happy. Something that you saw that person do, and you thought to yourself, you know what, if I could just do that, oh my goodness, I would just be happy. Look at all those people. Look at all those people that like this person. Look at all those people that are going to see this person. Look at, look at all of this fame. Look, 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 at, look, at, look at all of these different things that are happening and all these things that are going on. And the truth of the matter is, is that when you were a kid, you had no idea or concept or be able to have any kind of intellectual construct to understand what that even meant. So, so when you were a kid, you said, well, I want to be a lawyer when I grow up. You didn't know that that meant years and years and years and years of schooling. You said, I want to be a doctor when I grow up. You didn't know that that meant that you were going to have more debt when you began your practice than student loans, so on and so forth. You follow what I'm saying? You, 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 we all have these different things that we wanted to do because we looked and we said, this, this is it. That's what I want to do because this person looks happy. This person looks popular. This per person looks successful. And the truth of the matter is we didn't have any idea of what that would cost or what that would entail to do. And here's the reality of it. In this series, we're talking about something greater than a job. We're talking about something greater than just trying to be famous because can I tell you that a lot of the people that you look at on TV and say, wow, if I could just have their money a while, if I could just have, do what they do. They're crazy and they're drugged out. 
Now, not all of them, but I'm just telling you, I know firsthand uh, from dealing with individuals and counseling and so on and so forth, that while they've got money and fame and all that, the only way they're able to wake up in the morning is because they got a bottle next to their bed. And the only way they're able to handle all of what you think is fame, but they see as pressure, is because they got a line of coke that they snorted the day before. Y'all are not hearing what I'm saying. So while these people may be doing cool things, if they're not doing what they're gifted to do, they are never going to experience what it is they're trying to experience because a scissors does not make a good teacher. They were created to do two different things. And when you understand how you're gifted, you discover what you're created to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Touch your neighbor and say, I'm going to enjoy meeting myself and being myself once I know how I'm gifted. How you're gifted reveals your assignment uh, or the reason you were created. Say, I was created for a specific reason. You were not created just to pay bills. You were not created just to go from bad relationship to bad relationship. You were not created just to pop out babies. You were not created. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. You were not created to live from debt to debt. You were not created to live from crisis to crisis. Before your father met your mother and before you were formed in your mother's womb, Jeremiah, God says to him, he says, I knew you and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. What does that mean, Bishop? Before your mother met your father, regardless of how they met, God said, I created you with a specific reason and a specific purpose and when you're on earth it is your entire goal to fulfill that purpose and to fulfill that assignment for why you were created so I got news for some of you you may not have been doing it up to this point but from this day forward God I wish I had a church somebody shout from this day forward you're gonna find out how you're gifted so then you can discover why you were created so then you can do it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, 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 now watch this. Many people live quasi-miserable lives because they work in order to make a living. And you hear people say, I'm just working to make a living. Ooh, I'm just working to make a living. Listen, you should really be living to make a giving. Miserable people are working to make a living because they're living from paycheck to paycheck, from bill to bill, from crisis to crisis. That's not life. And no wonder why we got so many depressed folk and so many folks popping pills and all this kind of stuff and eating Prozac and all that. Because you're not even doing what you were created to do. If a cat was going around mooing, I think that cat would be depressed too. Y'all didn't get what I said. Let me talk to this side of the church. If, 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 If a cat was going around mooing, Now, let me just break it down because some of y'all have lost me. Cats were created to meow. Now, just as a side note, I don't like cats. I think that is a weird animal to have. I'm just telling you. Now, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just telling you my preference. Basically, would you like this cat? No, I want no cat. And then I was watching uh, Monsters Inside Me about parasites and stuff like that. And this one lady got scratched by a cat and ended up getting ringworm, all kinds. I mean, not ringworm, but she got a parasite. I don't want no cat. Matter of fact, I don't want no dog for that matter. Give me something I can put in a tank. (laughs) A turtle, (laughs) some fish. And I know, and and, and in Denver, y'all love your pets. You love them. I mean, you be kissing them in the mouth and stuff. (laughs) 
come here, fighter. I'm like, that's nasty. They be riding in the car to the store with you. And I saw one lady bring her animal in the store. Like, what, what is it? So he going to pick out the food he want? <laughs> no, nah, I don't want that one. Ruff, ruff. Bow, wow, wow, bow, wow. No, I don't want that one. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> it's a side note. Here's the point. If you saw a cat mooing, you think to yourself, what in the world is going on? That's what a person looks like when they're not doing what they were gifted to do. And this is why people are frustrated with life. It's why people get angry with life. It's why people, when you walk around, they're just mad without a reason. They're just angry without a reason. They just got a bad attitude without a reason. Why? Because they're not doing what they were gifted to do. And how you're gifted reveals what you were created to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, 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 watch this. I said to you, you, you shouldn't be working to make a living, but you should be living to make a giving. And here's what I mean by that. When God gives you spiritual gifts, you're supposed to use those gifts to serve others. Go to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. I'm going to look at it in the New Living Translation because I like the way it just kind of lays it out real simple. 1 Peter chapter 4, <coughs> verse 10 and 11. And the New King James is what will be on the screen. But again, I'm going to look at it in the New Living Translation. Verse 10, God has given each of uh, you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Say, I'm gifted. I'm then he says, use them well to serve one another. Now, there's several things in there. He says, use them well, which means don't half do anything that you do. Because while, while your boss may not be watching, your God is. And young people, while your parents may not be watching, your God is. Got real quiet right there. Verse 11, again, I'm reading New Living. It says, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as, through, as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. Are you getting this? See, when I'm living to make a giving... I will be fulfilled. People aren't fulfilled because they're working to make a living. And people say, if I had another job, can I tell you, you'd be miserable there too. And you'd make everybody there miserable too. Because misery don't know how to do nothing but be miserable. It's all it knows how to do. Hence the term misery. Got it? Now, look at this. I, I want you to see one more priest of this. Uh, 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 when, you, when, when you're given spiritual gifts... They're to be used to better the lives of others for God's glory. If I could ask you right now, whose life do you make better? Who, how would you answer? And whose life are you making better? Whose life are you making better? Well, I'm making my kids' life better. Parents, that's your job. You play, you pay. Real simple. <laughs> real, 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 real simple. Uh, that's your job. Okay. Now, I'm not saying you can't include that. I'm just saying uh, that's your reasonable service. Yes, amen. I mean, your kids. <laughs> you know, it gets me. I just, just forgive me. Let me just take a sidestep here. What gets me is when people talk about taking care of their kids like they're doing their kids a favor. I take care of my kids. You're supposed to. My kids got nice clothes. They're supposed 
food. My kids will be walking around here acting crazy. They're not supposed to. Let me step back into the message. Amen. I just had to go there. Watch this. When you make a decision to give yourself away for the glory of God, he can use you, and he uses you in one of seven different spheres or one of seven different kingdoms in the world. They are family, media, spirituality, or the church, arts and entertainment, government, education, and business. I'll say them again for my note takers who have never heard me talk about that before. God uses you in one of these seven spheres of life, family, media, spirituality, or the church, arts and entertainment, government, education, and business. He uses you in one of those spheres. Do you understand that? Say, I'm gifted, and where I'm planted, I need to serve. Which means when you go to your job, stop seeing your job as a source. It's a resource, but you're sent there on assignment to use your gifts to better the lives of the people around you. Which means if you're flipping burgers, you're not just there as a burger flipper. You're there on assignment to use your gifts to better the lives of the people around you. Which means if we were to go do a survey of your coworkers, what would they have to say about you? Would they say that, that you, are, you are joyful and, 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 and that you are compassionate and, and, and that you are better in your lives? Or would you say that you're weird and you sit in the corner rocking back and forth, talk about you quoting scriptures, and you don't go talk to the rest of them because you're deep in the spirit? What, what, I'm just asking, what would they say? What would they say? What would they say? What would they? And let me say this to my young people. I don't, uh, and, and, and hear me, is, is, is clearly, if you don't hear nothing I, I say today, hear me. I need each of you to know that you don't have to wait for your life to matter. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, hear me. You don't have to wait for your life to matter. You can discover your gifts and begin to use them now. That's why if you study the scripture, God often used young people because he could mold them because they weren't set in a way that wasn't even working. You're not hearing what I'm saying. We, we look at every person that God used in a great way. And we're going to do a series about this later on in the year. But they were young people that made a decision to say, God, everything I have, I'm giving it to you. Like the song we sing, I give myself away so that you can use me. Which means I'm not waiting until I'm 40 and then made a bunch of mistakes to matter. I'm not waiting until I'm 50 and made a bunch of mistakes to matter. Baby, if I'm 11, watch me matter. If I'm 12, watch me matter. If I'm 13, watch me matter. And some of you, maybe you're older than that. Of course, and you've made mistakes. Hear what I'm saying to you. The past is over. It's time for your life to matter. On every tombstone, there is the year of birth. There is a dash. There is the year of departure. Arrival, departure. Here's the deal. What is your dash going to mean? Is it even going to matter that you sucked up air? Because it's all you do is walk around and complain about this and complain about that and complain about how these people are against you, complain about how these people are against you, and complain how it's a conspiracy of the entire world to stop you. You better learn how to get pronoia. I've taught that before. Pronoia is the antithetical concept to paranoia. Pronoia means you believe that there's a massive conspiracy of people to help you. Paranoia is the contrary. You believe everybody's trying to get you. See, I don't know about you, but I've got pronoia. Why, Bishop? Because I read the scripture, and he'll make all things work together for the good of them that love him. 
Everything's working for my good. Even my haters are working for my good. They didn't even know God was using them to get me free advertising. You ain't hearing what I'm saying. Even the folk that got something crazy to say about me. You must be crazy. I got pornoia. You work for me. And you don't even know you on my payroll. <laughs> High five your neighbor says, all working for my good. One more scripture I want you to look at. Go to 1 Corinthians 12 and 7. I want you to see this. 1 Corinthians 12 and 7. We're talking about understanding when, how you're gifted. When you understand how you're gifted, you understand what you're created to do. This is why sometimes people go through midlife crises and things. is because they finally realize they're not doing what they were gifted to do. And so then they get, oh, my God, I just, I just, oh, my God, close the blinds. Why does that happen? That happens because people finally get to the point to where they can no longer fake. Eventually, eventually what's, what's real, eventually, some point, okay? So you can say you love God all day long, but, but when you go through some hell in your life, we're going to see where that love is at. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You, you can say, God, for you I live and for you I'll die, but go through a little hell and let's see. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Now, again, I'm going to look at it from the New Living Translation of the Bible. It says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. A spirit, uh, and again, New King James there, but I'm reading New Living Translation. It says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. And I've already alluded to this a little bit. The most unhappy people are the most self-centered people. When I see bitter people, angry people, grudge-holding people, mad at the world, and then some people, I always see self-centered people. If you know somebody that's just got a negative, nasty, sourpuss demeanor, let me just tell you why. It's because they think this whole thing's about them. That's what they think. And, and the sad part about it is, is most people don't realize it's not about them until it's too late to do anything about it. But not for you. Somebody say, not for me. So God's given us gifts to serve other people, to help other people. Now, now, now watch this. When you discover and use your spiritual gifts You'll experience great joy, happiness, contentment, peace, a sense of accomplishment, and a sense of purpose. And many people are lacking those things because they're not using their gifts. Instead, they're wishing they were gifted another way. Watch this. This doesn't mean that when you discover and use your spiritual gifts that every day is going to be happy, joy, joy. Every day is not going to be tiptoeing through the tulips. Sometimes you're going to be walking through the weeds. But it does mean that you're going to be graced or gifted to handle the hard days. Hear me, and we're going to get into this. The greatest enemy to any person is idle time and an idle mind. People have idle minds because they don't know what they're supposed to be doing with their time. So let me make it real simple for you. Write this down if you're taking notes. If you're not taking notes, write this down. Discover your gifts, period. Use your gifts, period. That's the secret. People go out and spend all this money on these books to try to figure out how to, how to be happy, how to have purpose, how to feel fulfilled. 
And that's great to spend money on books and all that, but there's a book you already purchased called a Holy Bible. And if you spend a little bit more time reading that book than reading somebody else's book, who well, all they're doing is biting off of God anyhow. Discover your gifts, use your gifts. Now let's define spiritual gift. Y'all all right? All right, I just want to teach us through it. We'll shout in a minute. Spiritual gift, here's the definition. It is a supernatural ability to do God's work for God's glory. A spiritual gift is a supernatural ability to do God's work for God's glory. That's what a spiritual gift is. Okay? Now, uh, you can learn to be talented, but you can't learn to be gifted because that would make it a gift. Okay? So, so as we look at these, you're going to see sometimes people say, well, I have the gift of peace. That's not a gift. That's a skill. <laughs> Mister. what do you mean by that? He said, blessed are the peacemakers, which means that's a skill. Sometimes you have to learn when you're looking at somebody crazy just to say, okay. And, and, and your flesh, the old you might want to just say, no, I'm going to tell them because no, 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 no. And sometimes just look at them and say, oh, okay. But one of my favorite movies, the movies, What's Love Got to Do With It? And I, and I love that movie because I like to see, why y'all laughing at me? I like, I like that movie because I like to see people overcome. I like to see people overcome. And, and Tina overcame in that limo, didn't she? She was like, that's the best you got? I, come on, bro. okay. Y'all, y'all ain't seen the movie. Okay, I guess they don't show that in Denver. They don't show that in Denver? Okay. All right. And so Tina, she was, so you remember, if you remember, limo, let me, okay. So in the limo scene. It's about Tina Turner. Y'all know Tina Turner? Tina Turner? Tina Turner. Okay. okay. All right. In a limo scene, uh, uh, I, he, was a man, he was a womanizer. He was a cheater. He was a heartbreaker. He was a deceiver. I mean, he was everything that you could possibly be. And, of course, let him tell a story. It wasn't that bad. So I guess what he was trying to say is he didn't hit her that much. Don't get me, don't get me going right there. Okay. All right. And so, and so they're in the limo, and Ike is having one of his cocaine fallouts and so he's he's coming down from his high and so he's hitting reality again and so he takes off his boot and he proceeds to beat Tina in the limo but Tina said oh no I had enough of this and so and so what happens is is Tina she starts fighting back for the first time because every time before then she'd defend him and she'd run from him he said oh no this time and then she looked at him and she said that's the best you got then she jumps on him and then they come back with a big side I think on Sunset Boulevard and you can hear Ike screaming coming down the road now some of you you're looking and you're like you can't relate to that but some of you you've had to deal with abuse some of you you've had to deal y'all not can we just be honest don't you be ashamed of what God has had to bring you through And so, and so, and so, uh, 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 Tina, she, 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 she finally, she fights back and, and, and she goes through all that and she does all of that. And, and, and the point that, that, that I'm making is, is that she came to a, a, a realization that what she was doing was no longer working. And she had to stop doing that. Got it? Now, 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 now watch this, watch this. Uh, you can learn to be talented, but you can't learn to be gifted. Because if, it's, if, if, if you can learn it, then that would make it a gift. Okay? Now, uh, some people say, I, I have a gift to sing. And that's the point I was bringing up when I was bringing up Tina Turner. There, there's no such thing as, as, a, as a gift to sing. Now, maybe you can just sing, which is a talent. But now watch this. Maybe you can sing well, but you have a gift of exhortation. So when you sing, 
people don't just feel like, oh, she really sang or he really sang, but they feel like, I feel so lifted up when that person opens their mouth. Because gifts often work through talents, but a gift is not a talent. A gift is not an ability. Okay? You can train, and that's the point I was bringing up. What's up, guys? Do it. That's the point I was bringing up. You, you can train and learn how to get better. I, I could have uh, Tina going over songs over and over and over again. And he said, that ain't the way I said sing it. Sing it, Ruffa. <laughs> and Tina said, I'm trying, Ike. I'm trying, Ike. <laughs> you ain't sing the song about Tate to sing the song. Now, you're going to sing the song about Tate to sing the song. Sing the song, anime. But then I like it at the end. Can I just finish the movie out for some of y'all? And then at the end, Ike comes up with his pistol trying to intimidate her. And Tina got her big hair at that point. She got liberated. Tina, Tina got liberated. And she was like, look, Ike, there's people down there to see me. What you going to do? Pistol with me? I said, God, you better say something to that man. God, dog. <laughs> You can, however, learn to strengthen your spiritual gifts. Because for some of you, 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 you may have a little bit of knowledge of this, and maybe you've taken a spiritual gifts test before. But if you've taken it again, you'll notice that the, the relevance of your dominant gifts changes, which means what you learn to do is begin to strengthen some of your gifts. So it's like if somebody gives you a gift uh, of an iPad or an iPhone, they give it to you, and it's a blank canvas. But now what you can do is go download stuff to make it better than the gift that was originally given to you. It's the same way with spiritual gift. So you're given the gift, but you have the ability to strengthen that gift. And we'll talk about that through this series. Are you all all right? All right, let's talk about real quick what spiritual gifts are not. Spiritual gifts are not just natural talents, and we've already alluded to that. There's no such thing I have the gift of, people say I have the gift of love. Somebody told me that one time. I said, that's a gift? <laughs> then I guess the world is in trouble if that's a gift. Love is not a gift. Love is a commandment, <laughs> and love is a choice. Okay? So we're going to look at exactly what spiritual gifts are so you'll know what they are. Uh, uh, spiritual gifts are not just given to an elite few. They're just not given to pastors or preachers or whatever. Uh, spiritual gifts are given to everybody that's a believer in Jesus Christ. Spiritual gifts, watch this, are not the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? So that's where people say, I have the gift of patience. That's not a gift. That's a fruit. Part of the fruit, I should say. We'll get into that in the series later on. Spiritual gifts are not something to fear. There's nothing to fear when you're dealing with spiritual gifts, okay? Sometimes you're talking about spiritual gifts, people get weirded out because people have these very crazy extra-textual ways to explain spiritual gifts, extra-textual, okay? So it means outside of the text, outside of the Bible. People make up stuff about gifts that's just not in there. And people say, Bishop, I had the gift of discernment. When I walked in the room, I could see demons, and I could see angels, and I could see angels and demons. And then I reply to them and I say, well, did you see the one in you? Did you, did you see you? But I heard in the movie Constantine that when a demon sees itself, it has to jump out. So. <laughs> this whole section don't know what I'm talking about. All right. Watch this. Also, also, spiritual gifts are not a sign of spiritual maturity. Don't think because you know your gifts that you're superior to someone else. In fact, some of the most immature and undisciplined people are some of the most gifted people, like the Corinthian church. The Corinthian church, the, where we discover it's in the book of Corinthians and Romans, 
1 Corinthians and Romans where Paul gives us uh, these expostulations or these teachings about spiritual gifts. And what's so interesting about it is the Corinthian church, they were buck wild. They were crazy, but they were gifted. Which means just because you're gifted doesn't mean you're going anywhere if you don't learn how to put some discipline with your gift. Just because you're talented doesn't mean you're going anywhere if you don't put some discipline with your gift. Okay, so if, 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 if you're talented, but you don't discipline yourself, you don't practice singing, you just show up and say, the Lord just uses me. Okay. You're going nowhere fast. There's got to be some discipline. There's got to be some, 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 some desire to improve. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, now, now watch this. The Corinthian church, they were buck wild. They, they, they were one of the most carnal churches that the Apostle Paul started. It was interesting because, you know, like uh, in church, we'd have a thousand servants or a thousand deacons or something like that. Well, in the Corinthian church, they had a thousand temple prostitutes. Old King James uses a bit more demonstrative word to describe the actions of the women. Starts with the W, ends with the E. Say amen to that. Amen. Now, some of y'all are trying to figure it out because you think it starts with an H and ends with an R. No, that's the wrong whore. They had a thousand temple prostitutes, a thousand temple whoremonglers. So when they would go to church, <laughs> they got a lot more than what they came for. They were buck wild. Paul looks at them, and Paul, that's why he starts out 1 Corinthians. He's like, listen, he, he, he's like, listen, what are y'all doing? This is, this is, y'all are out of control. And so Paul says, do you want me to come with a rod, or you want me to come with sweet nothings in your ear? He said, because I can come and throw down and whoop all y'all, or I can just come and speak real nice loving stuff to you. He said, but y'all are out of control. Paul says, I heard that one girl was sleeping with her dad, and I heard all. Paul said, y'all are out of control, but you're gifted. So do not think that knowing your gifts or even using your gifts is a sign of spiritual maturity because unless you are mature and disciplined with your gift, you can be gifted and still immature. This is why sometimes you, you, you see people that uh, sometimes in, in the body of Christ and maybe there was some person that was lifted up to some high pedestal and they fell and people will say, well, how could God use them? Because the gift is going to work regardless of the person. So just because someone's gifted does not mean that they're living in a righteous lifestyle. Because the gift is going to work irregardless of the person. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, so I just wanted you to understand what spiritual gifts are not. Now, let's go, let's go through this real quick. Spiritual gifts are normally grouped in three categories. And I've given you these before, but I'm going to expand on one of them because in the previous teachings, I'm not going to the, to the subset of this. There's normally three categories. Say three. three. That's uno, dos, tres. Hey, I'm taking baby steps. All right. The first set of gifts are called fivefold gifts. Fivefold gifts. Now, these appear in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. And there are five gifts that are listed here. And really, the last one's really a combination. But, but for the sake of modern uh, theological construct, um, that just means modern teaching. It's been made a fifth one. So here are those five gifts. You ready? And you already know how to do it. You already know how to do it, right? Apostles, 
prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Those are the fivefold gifts. Pastor and teacher really are the same. In the original language, they were really one together. It was a gift that had those two functions together. But for purposes of modern teaching, they've been separated in five. Okay, the apostle is the foundation. The prophet is correction. The evangelist, the longer finger that you have, that's, the, that's actually the the gift to preach, that's the gift of evangelism, is a gift to win souls or converts, all right? That's your, your long finger. Pastors are married to the church, and then teachers help you to grasp a firm foundation, okay? You ever tried to hold a cup like this here? Okay, it's, it's, it's not as good of a hole as when you got this here, okay? That's the easy way to remember fivefold gifts. And coincidentally, y'all all right? I just want to teach you through this so you got it real good, and then I'm going to shout you in just a moment. Now, now, now watch this. Uh, anytime in Scripture where you see the hand of God, for example, uh, the Scriptures in the New Testament talk about humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. What he's saying is humble yourself under the leadership of God. That's God's hand. Okay. Got it? Next set of gifts are called the manifestation gifts. The manifestation gifts. And that's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Just flip there real quick because I want you to go through these. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. Y'all all right? Oh, my God, only two of you all right? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Manifestation gifts. Now, the, the word manifestation, we talked a little bit about this in the GOAT series. Manifestation is the Greek word phanerosis, which means flashes. So it is when God is exposing something about himself so that you can see something or see him in a greater way. In other words, God's saying, you can't handle if I let this be this way 100% of the time. So what I do is I, I flash. And when I flash, I'm showing you my glory or my goodness because you couldn't handle this 24 hours a day. But the manifestation or the flashes of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Verse 8, for to one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge. So there's two so far, word of wisdom, then word of knowledge through the same Spirit. Verse 9, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another is the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues. And remember, we talked about that in the ghost series. To another, the interpretation of tongues, which we talked about in the ghost series. Verse 11, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he what? Wills. Okay? This means as he wants that to happen, he distributes that. Okay? Now, that's not to say that that can't function 24 hours a day, but the general premise of this set of gifts is that he distributes those individually as he wills when he wants to accomplish a specific thing. But he can do it any way he wants to because he's God. And when you're God, you can do what you want to do. Amen. Okay, now, for some of you trying to keep up with your notes, we're going to actually go through these individually and, and get into some depth as the series goes. I just want you to see where they're at. The last set of gifts we're going to talk about are the motivational gifts. Now, these are gifts that are built into you. They're built into you, okay? They're part of how you're hardwired, okay? Got it? They're, uh, and so we call those the, the motivational gifts uh, because of one of the uh, one of the Greek words that's used here. Now, that's in that same chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, but look at verse 28. Verse 28. Okay. And God has appointed, now, now watch this. Whenever we see words in the Bible like, and God has appointed these in the church first, everybody wants to be first. 
So everybody's like, that's what I am, that's what I am. Just because it's first. Do you not understand that a body with only a head is not going anywhere? Okay, so, so when we think of the body of Christ or even your body, it's important that all the gifts are being used so that the body can move forward. A body with only a head is a body that can only see and hear and taste and smell, but it can't go nowhere. So, it's a, so this is like somebody you know that knows a lot, but they ain't doing nothing with what they know. And you'll be walking down the road and talking to them. And they say, you know, the word of God says, and they'll give you some Hebrew and some Greek because they heard it from me. And then they'll say that and then they'll do that. And you'll be like, my God, you sure know a lot. But all they are is a big head. Y'all remember Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? The cartoon, y'all remember that? I was, I was on that YouTube the other day. And, and somehow Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles had popped up. And y'all remember you had Shredder, the dude, the dude. But you remember you had that body with the brain? They called him Crane. That's how some folk are. They know a lot. They just ain't doing nothing with what they know. <laughs> first Corinthians 12, 28. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles. If you're country, you call them apostles. But that's incorrect. It's apostle. <laughs> Second, prophets. Third, and notice that's not P-R-O-F-I-T-S. That's P-R-H-O-P-H-E-T-S. Third, teachers. After that, Miracles. Miracles. Then gifts of healings. So do you see how we have a duplication of these in the motivational gifts? Okay. And we'll talk about why that happens. Helps. Do you know it's a gift to be helpful? <laughs> the, the other word here is serving. That's the way the test you're going to take it calls it serving. You know, some people just, just like, just you tell them to do something, you're like, you know what? I'll just do it. Why don't you just stand over there, baby, and just say amen. Just stand over there. Administrations and then varieties of tongues. These are motivational gifts. These gifts are, are built into you. Okay? All right? But there's one more set, and this is the second set that I don't normally often go to. They're in Romans 12 and 6. Romans 12 and 6. These are motivational gifts. These things are built into you. And you sitting in here right now, whether you know it or not, you've got some of these. And when you figure out what they are, then we can begin to teach you how to use them. And then you'll feel accomplished. Could you imagine going through a week and feeling like, I feel so great. And not because I made a bunch of money or not because I did a bunch of this or closed a bunch of deals. I feel so great because I did what I'm gifted to do. Romans 12, 6. Having then gifts. Now, the word, Greek word there for gifts is the Greek word charismata, which is where we get the word charismatic. Uh, which just means grace or graces of God. Got it? All right. Uh, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us do what? Use them. <laughs> okay? Now, you, you maybe heard somebody say this one time to you. If you don't use it, you lose it. That ain't in the Bible. God says he won't take it back. Here's the deal, though. If you won't use it, you're useless. What are you good for? Absolutely nothing. Okay? So it's, so it's not that if you use it, you lose it. If you use it, you're useless. Because he created you to, with that to use that. Do you understand that? And you're going to learn how to use that so you can be useful. Oftentimes people talk about trusting God. Trust God. Trust God. I can trust God. 
Can God trust you to use what he's given you? Okay, so let's look back there. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. It's prophecy. Let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in ministering. Ministry, there is the word serving again. So you see there's overlap. Because some people say, I'm called to ministry. Great, go clean the bathroom. But ain't no people in there. Preach to the toilet. The toilet needs to hear the gospel. Everything has an in here. Go preach to the toilet. I'm co- but no, Bishop, I want to be on the stage. No, 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 no. What you don't understand is what you want is, is, is you're a title whore. You're a lights whore. I mean that in the most non-offensive way I can say that. Okay? Okay? If you're, if you're called to ministry, that means you're called to serve, which means if the need in the house is for you to clean toilets, then that's your calling. And to the house says, now we need you to go clean the kitchen. And then now you're called to minister to the kitchen. Okay, it got real quiet, especially for those of you that like to go around touting how called you are. Got real quiet. I don't see none of y'all saying amen. It's quieter than, it's quieter than the Roman Catholic Church in here. Go get my robes. Maybe they want me to put my robes on. Okay, watch this. Let us use it in ministering or serving. Okay. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts. Exhorts means to speak things that are edifying or building people up. Okay? That's why some preachers, they're not, they're, not, they're not preachers, nor are they teachers, nor are they revelators, which is the apostolic and the prophetic. We'll get into that in a little bit. They're exhorters. And so they're not, you ain't going to learn nothing in the Bible from them, but you're going to feel good. They're going to be like, I didn't learn nothing. He didn't even read the scripture. But I sure do feel like today can be a good day. Amen. He who gives with liberality. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Well, see, Bishop, that's why I don't tithe because I don't have the gift of giving. <laughs> this is a supernatural gift of giving. And we'll talk more about this later on. But, but everybody is supposed to give because the Bible teaches us to. Okay? And how does the Bible say we should give? With liberality. He who leads with what? Diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And we've talked about that mercy gift. But the Bible says when you're merciful, be happy about the fact that you're having mercy with somebody. Isn't that something? Now, we go, we've gone through all of those. I don't expect you to remember all of that. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't expect you to, to necessarily go home and study that. Here's the one thing I want to ask you to do this week. Got it? The one thing I want you to do this week is I want everybody to go home, whether you're here or online on the Internet campus. And I want you to take the spiritual gifts test on our website. Some of you say, Bishop, I've already taken one. I just took it six weeks ago. Great. Take it again. Because your dominant gifts can change. And I want you to bring that test with you next week. Some of you say, Bishop, how how can the dominant gifts change if it's a gift? Because it's relative to what gifts you focus on and what gifts you use and things like that. We'll talk about that. You are gifted. God has a plan. God wants to use you in part of that plan. The first thing I need you to do is go home and figure out how you're gifted. You go to the website, take the test. Bishop, I don't have a computer. Go to the library, take the test. Bishop, can y'all print something out for us? No, we're a green church. Is there any green in here? Well, it's out there. Teal. (laughs) No. (laughs) Get to a computer, take the test. 
All right, if you're on the Internet campus, get to a computer, take the test. I want you to then print those results out and bring them with you next week. As the neighbor say, he, he wants us to bring them with us next week. Okay, so even my young people that are in here, you're thinking, oh, this is great for my mom. This is great, Bishop, because she needs to learn how she gifted because she just, ooh, Bishop, let me tell you. My young people, I need you to go home, take the test. So that way you're not talking about when you're 65, talking about I'm ready to live. You can waste all those years, just live now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now watch this, and, and I'm through. I said I was going to shout you, and I will have you shout in a minute. But I just wanted to lay a foundation for us today. Now watch this. There are some listening to me that before you discover your spiritual gifts, you need the ultimate gift. And the ultimate gift is found in Romans 6.23. You don't have to turn there. It says this. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. More important than prophecy and apostolic and prophetic and giving and mercy and all of that. More important than any of those gifts is the gift of God, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ. There are not many ways to God. There's one way, and his name is Jesus the Christ. There, there are not many paths to God. Now, there may be different paths that help you to find God, but there's not many paths to, well, I'm going to try. No, 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 no. The, any path you're on should end in one place, and that's with Jesus Christ. And today, maybe you're in this worship experience and you've heard this message, but maybe you have not received the ultimate gift that's available for you. And I want to give you an opportunity to do that. Would you stand on your feet, everybody in this place? Even if you're on the Internet campus, would you just stand up too? I know it might be a little weird looking down at your laptop, but would you stand? I want everybody to stand and just bow your heads and close your eyes with me. If you're in here and you've not received the ultimate gift, the free gift, of salvation. Bishop Foreman, what am I being saved from? Yourself. That's who you're being saved from. Saved from sin. What is sin? Doing things that don't please God. You're saved from guilt and shame. What is guilt and shame? From the mistakes that you've made. And guess what? We've all made a bunch of them. Don't you sit up in here and feel depressed or down. Oh, I made so many mistakes. Guess what? You are in the right place today because you're in a room full of people that have made mistakes. And we discovered that while we're not perfect, that we can serve a God who is perfect. So I want to encourage you today. If you've never received that ultimate gift, which is salvation, being sealed by the Spirit, today's your day. Maybe secondly, you're here and you, you received that gift at one point, but you know what you did? You, you kind of threw that gift in the closet and shut the door. You abandoned the gift. You fell away from the gift. You, 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 you didn't even care that the gift was there. And you might be thinking, Bishop, I, 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 I'm a Christian, but I've just not been living for God. I, I, just, I just abandoned the gift. I got good news for you. He didn't abandon you. I said, I got good news for you. He didn't and he won't abandon you you. Because if you don't know what I've done, I know what he did. And I know that that's more powerful than anything you've ever done. 
And if you're in this experience today and you've not received that ultimate gift or you need to go pull that gift out of the closet and rededicate yourself to Jesus. And it's not about saying, God, I'm getting ready to do everything right. That's a foolish prayer. It's a prayer saying, God, I'm getting ready to do one thing right, and that's to make a decision that I'm going to serve you, which means I may not be doing everything right in my life right now, but I'm going to still serve you. I'm still going to show up to church. I'm still, I'm still going to show up. I may not be doing anything that preacher's saying yet, but I'm still going to show up. I may not be putting a dime in that bucket, but I'm still going to show up. I may not be praying like I know I should, but I'm still going to show up. I'm making a decision. Take that first step. And if that's you, you need to receive that gift of salvation or you need to go pull that gift out of the closet, dust it off, rededicate yourself to Jesus. Great news, he's here. Great news, he's here to forgive you. Better news, he's here to let you know that he loves you. Even better news, he's here to let you know he's not changed his mind about you. You still have a purpose. You still have an assignment. And if either one of those is you, on the count of three, I want you to throw your head up. Don't you be ashamed to do it. Don't you, don't you feel uh, 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 like you can't let people know, listen, your neighbor was once standing where you are. Don't you even worry about them. They can't see you. Their heads are bowed. Their eyes are closed. On the count of three, if you're here on the Internet campus, on the count of three, throw that hand up. One, two, three. Throw that hand up if that's you. I see you. Hallelujah. I see you. I see you. I see you. Now, I want every hand lifted in this place, and I want you to say this to me. Say, Father. In the name of Jesus, I believe the Bible. I believe that 2,000 years ago, you died in my place, paid the price for my sin, saved me from myself, saved me from having to do the same bad things over again. I declare that God sent Jesus to die in my place and to give me abundant life. In this series, I'm going to learn who I am so I can do what I was created to do. No more idle living. No more throwing things against the wall and hoping they stick. I declare great things are in store for me. If this is my first time praying this, I've received the free gift of salvation. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. I'm dusting off my gift. I'm pulling it out of my closet. And I'm using it. I'm going to take the first step I can take, which is to be in church faithfully. If I already know you, I thank you. that once again, I can recognize the importance of the gift that I've been given. In Jesus' name, would you just give God a big shout all in here? I said, would you just give God a big shout all in here? When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply.